flute with Henry Morgan. A flute with Henry Morgan, written for radio by Warren Barry and a George Edwards production. Dolores and Diaz are successful in taking from Morgan's cabin the Aztec necklace, but a seaman named Matthew who discovers them is killed. Kitty, with their aid, has Jeffrey Hunter taken by the authorities, and when it is done, she is overcome by remorse and a strange fear of the threats made by Dolores. Wearing the Aztec necklace, she returns to the Dolphin Tavern, and those who are there are amazed that she should be wearing the jewellery so highly prized by Henry Morgan. Diaz tells Dolores, before she returns home, that he will kidnap Kitty before dawn. Captain Morgan and Colonel Atterbury wait in the grounds for Dolores to return. In the stillness, they hear the carriage approaching afar off, and they move to the veranda to enable them to see Dolores at closer quarters. Suddenly the door opens, and they're confronted by Sir Thomas Motford, who demands to know what they are doing. What is the meaning of this? Sir Thomas, there is no time for explanations now. Just believe us or you'll spoil everything. What are you doing, snooping around the veranda at this time of the morning? Thomas, you're my friend. This is serious, very serious. There is no time for explanations now. If that carriage comes into sight and we are discovered here talking to you, all will be lost. That is why I'm down here. Antoinette has not returned home. I've been awake all night worrying. I heard the carriage coming, so I came downstairs to let her in. What we have to tell you concerns the woman in that carriage. Sir Thomas, the carriage is almost here, and if we're discovered talking to you... But Colonel Atterbury, if he won't listen to reason, we must force him to. That woman must not see us here. Thomas, we mean business. Take us inside the house and we'll explain everything. Uh, all right. But by heaven, do you have some explaining to do? Now close the door. That's right. We're only just in time. Let's go into this room over here, quickly. Well, I... There's no time for explanations yet, Thomas. Now, don't close the door. Just leave it a little open. We'll be able to watch her go up the stairs. As for you, Sir Thomas, if you call out or raise your voice to this woman, I promise you, you'll be sorry for it. She's going up the stairs now. Can you see her well enough to recognize her? No, couldn't have found it. It's too dark. She's turned the bend in the staircase. Now, will you please give me an explanation? For heaven's sake, keep your voice down. If you don't tell me the meaning of this tomfoolery, I'll call the slaves and have you dealt with. Your conduct is outrageous. You left my home hours ago, and I come downstairs and see you snooping around my home. You're terrified of seeing Antoinette. What's the meaning of it all? It isn't easy to tell you, but... Well, earlier tonight, while you were out getting some port, Captain Morgan and I were talking... And we discussed the woman who has just gone upstairs. Why do you keep saying the woman when you mean Antoinette? I've had enough of this buffoonery. Will you keep your voice down? Sir Thomas, uh, Captain Morgan was telling me about this woman's visit to you. And I expressed to him just how much I was looking forward to seeing Antoinette again. Well, this explains nothing. Have patience, man. In some way, the conversation turned to Antoinette's colouring. Captain Morgan swore she has brown eyes. But the Antoinette de Lacy I brought from France to your home in England, and then from your home to a vessel sailing for here, had black hair and blue eyes. I'm not making a mistake. I saw too much of her to be mistaken. But that isn't possible. And some other things that I've told Colonel Atterbury. 
It would seem that the woman upstairs is not Antoinette de Lacy, but an imposter. I believe the real Antoinette was taken captive by the Spanish when they took the Elizabeth Ann. And this woman has been substituted in her place. Not only is she an imposter, but she's a spy. That's why we return tonight. Colonel Atterbury wished to see this woman at closer quarters. He could tell in an instant whether she was genuine or an imposter. He weren't going to worry you until we were sure of our suspicions. The girl upstairs knows all about my family and my home. I'm about to engage on a perilous expedition, Sir Thomas. I have no wish for a spy to return to the coast of South America and inform them of my plans. So, if for no other reason, you must go upstairs and bring that girl down to us. And I tell you, I'll not have her humiliated. I demand that you tell me more, and then I'll judge whether your suspicions are correct. All right, Sir Thomas. I'll tell you everything. But what of the woman who has caused this violent argument in that room downstairs? Believing that all were quiet in the bed, Dolores softly slips into her room. And once safely there, she lets the weariness which she has held at bay envelop her. The strain of the night is over. The tension is gone. Complete success is almost within her grasp. Vaguely and grey, the objects in the room take distorted shapes in that light which isn't light that precedes the dawn. <sighs> Just to rest and lie on the bed. Oh, I cannot wait to even take off my clothes. Without even removing her black cloak, Dolores sinks into the welcome embraces of her bed. Let's it sensuously enfold her. Luxuriously, she stretches out and lies quite still. Pictures flash across her mind. The seaman surprising her in Morgan's cabin. The cold, dispassionate way she viewed his death. That look of incredulous dismay on Geoffrey Hunter's face when he realized Kitty had betrayed him. The Aztec necklet gleaming wickedly on Kitty's neck. And suddenly a cold sweat breaks out in her hands and forehead. Fear and apprehension spring from the pit of her stomach. What if the Archangel is the kidnapping of Kitty? What if someone else takes the necklace before he does? Struggling to kill the fear that is born of that dead hour between night and day, Dolores tries to think of other things. Looks out through the open window, up into the sky. The stars are turning a watery pale. There's a grey-yellow tinge in the heavens. Dawn is putting her magic on the world. The objects in the room are taking their proper shape. Idly, she tries to make her mind a blank. And as her fear quietens, there dimly seeps through her mind that there is a sound foreign to these surroundings. Instantly alert, she listens. And the sounds establish themselves. Voices. Low, urgent murmurs. What does it mean, and coming whence? Who can be up and talking at this time? And with whom? Swiftly and silently she goes from the bed to the open window and listens. The voices are clear, but still indistinct. They're coming from the room below. With the instinct of a hunted animal, she goes to the door. Opens it. And listens. There is no one about. Just the low murmur from downstairs. Silently as an animal of the jungle, she goes to the head of the curved staircase and down. Nearer come the voices. 
They are in that room over there. They want me to do a little open. Suddenly, a voice becomes distinct. But how can we be sure? It is Sir Thomas Botford's. And she pauses to see who replies. There's only one thing you can do to prove whether or not that that girl whom you call Antoinette is an imposter, and that is to go upstairs yourself and bring her down here to us. Then I can identify her. Imposter. Identify her. Ominous words. Words of doom to Dolores. This strange voice she doesn't recognize. To whom does it belong? That doesn't matter. She only knows it possibly belongs to someone who was well acquainted with the real Antoinette de Lacy. Flight before discovery. But to where? It doesn't matter. Escape from out of the net which threatens to enclose her. Her only plans are immediate. Down the long passage, up through the kitchens, into the yard at the back, over to the stables. By some delay, the horse has not been taken from the carriage in which she returned. The drowsy slave attending to it turns in amazement to her. With a savageness born of panic, she thrusts him to one side and leaps into the coachman's seat, grabs the reins and urges the high-bred horse into activity. Back in that front downstairs room, Morgan and Colonel Atterbury wait to hear Sir Thomas Motford's reply to the Colonel's demand. Well, Sir Thomas, what are you going to do about this? It seems to me that Colonel Atterbury's request is a very reasonable one. And it should, for once and all, remove any possible doubt or else confirm our own suspicions. Oh. Well, after all that you've told me, it seems to be the only thing that I can do. And if no, I don't want to be hasty about this. I... You see, it's like this. If the girl is innocent, it seems a very humiliating thing to do to her. Look, I suggest, Captain Morgan, that we wait until breakfast time, and then you, Colonel Atterbury, could come casually over to the house and see this woman. By doing this, you would put no doubt in her mind. Can't you understand if I, if I go upstairs now and bring her down to you both at this late hour in the morning, and then find out that you are mistaken? Sir Thomas, after telling you all these things, surely you must believe that we're right. We can't be wrong. Why, that story she told me when I found her in my cabin aboard the Flying Gull. She said that you'd sent her there to take the Aztec necklace. Surely, Sir Thomas, that must prove that there's something suspicious and wrong about this girl who calls herself Antoinette de Lacy. Let's get this business over once and for all. Go upstairs now, Sir Thomas, and bring her down for Colonel Atherby to identify her. All right, I... What's that? Look, there, a carriage going down the driveway. Let me see. Why, look, Sir Thomas. It's light enough to just make out who it is. It's that girl up there in the coachman's seat. She's driving down the drive. She's heard us talking. She knows that we know about her. This proves that our suspicions were right. But she must not get away. We must catch her. Dolores has a start on the three men. But even if she does escape from them, what is she going to do? A hunted fugitive on an enemy's island. Listen to the next episode of Afloat with Henry Morgan.